0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to 12 Bar News, the music nerd podcast by music nerds for music nerds about music nerd things. Tonight, I'm your host, the Brave Badger. I'm here with the Scared Fox and Darsh live in the studio. How are you guys doing? Doing good.
1: You know, we're nice and mellow here in the studio right now.
2: Very. Mellow vibes. Yes. And this week on NPR.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're going to be talking about the 60s today. Uh, so the vibe, the gear, the general flow of everything. The and, sonics. Uh, the not, trans- not the hedgehog. The hedgehog. We're talking <laughs> about hedgehogs. <laughs> We're talking about everything here tonight. So if you like this episode, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your audio. And what are you guys listening to recently? Uh,
1: uh, I have been listening to a lot of video game music, actually. Oh, word? Yeah, I've been... You know, going down this rabbit hole of, like, playing a lot of Super Nintendo games and, you know, some of the music uh, is, I find it really interesting and charming and uh, just doing some more research about the people that created it and, like, how they created it. Maybe that could be a main event sometime. You know, uh, let us know if, if you'd like to, for us to talk about that. What about you, Fox? What have you been listening to?
2: Well, I'm recently free. Uh, To imbibe uh, marijuana again. Oh, Um, yeah. So, I've been listening to all the same stuff with a new ear. Nice. But uh, I was actually, uh, shameless plug, listening to your album. Oh, yeah? uh, This week, as well as um, a new album that just dropped from Mitski. I don't know if you guys pay attention to bedroom pop. Uh, but Mitski's pretty dope. Uh, she just released a new album, and it's uh, it's good. Uh, that's pretty much all I've been listening to is you and, and her. Nice. What about you, Badger? What'd you been listening to?
0: I have been uh, listening to the song Fire by Waxahachie. So I know it's been out since two, uh, 2020, but I've had that song pretty much stuck in my head for a while. So I've been listening to that. A lot of the rest of the album, uh, St. Cloud is kind of on the country side for me um i still listen to it i thought it was cool but um that was playing on my playlist for a while and then i didn't really get to talk about it since we just started about a month or two ago with this podcast but my favorite album of the year so far for sure has been uh, big thief's new album and so i've been listening to that pretty much nonstop all year and i suggest that you guys listen to it if it's your first time listening to big thief definitely give it a chance but they went really classic rock with some different vibes this time around and uh for sure it's my number one album of the year so far
2: also, I just remembered one other thing that just recently released was a new EP from The Sound of Animals Fighting. Oh,
0: yeah. Nice. I did uh, listen to that.
2: Pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta say. They're coming to Philly in January. I wasn't able to get tickets, but I'm sure I can.
0: Yeah. I mean, send us some tickets, Anthony Green. Yeah. Or uh, Chiodos.
2: Yeah, we're local. Don't hassle us. Yeah.
0: Let's move on to our main event, the 60s. Hey, hey. We're going to be exploring the decade that changed it all. That is the 1960s. So we're just going to have like a general loose conversation. And we're going to be talking about the vibe, the transformational quality, and the gear. So a little bit about that, that helped change music into what it is today.
1: That's right. And, you know, it's it's a large topic. And, you know, if we don't talk about your favorite 60s band or thing, we're sorry. Herman's no, it, Hermits? It's because they suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you should take it personally. <laughs> Write in and tell us how wrong we are.
2: Right. You guys remember when Herman's Herman's Hermits uh, destroyed the Beatles, right? You remember that, right?
1: Uh, catch that on the yeah. on the conspiracy theory. No,
2: that's now. not even a conspiracy. That's, that's just straight up.
0: Okay, well, <laughs> let's talk about that later. So, first, let's start with the general vibe of the decade. So, if I had to label it in like one quote, I would say it, it's the times they are changing because we really went from like the early days of the 60s when it was like what we would call the oldies. So if you turn on the oldies radio, I know right now they'll play Pearl Jam. But when we were kids in the 80s, it would be like Everly Brothers and that kind of older stuff. So you're thinking about Elvis and Johnny Cash. And who's the child molesting piano guy? Jerry Lee Lewis. Yeah, Jerry Lee Lewis. <laughs> and the, and you're talking about also early Motown. And so Motown evolved just along with pop and rock music. So we're going to kind of focus on that aspect more. Uh, which is starts in the mid '60s, so like 1965, Dylan goes electric. 1964, you know the British start to invade, and they send us all their their John Pauls, Ringos, and Micks, and their uh, Keith Richardses.
2: I find that offensive. <laughs> <laughs> and so, not the Mick thing, the the Keith Richards thing. <laughs>
0: So, yeah, so we started to see a change in music because uh, Bob Dylan in 1962, 63, he was releasing some great albums, but they were uh, more traditional folk based. And then once he started going more electric, everything started to change. And then the British acts started to get a little bit harder. They started experimenting more with psychedelic drugs, with political protests, with world music of music. Indian music, African music, Jamaican music. Rebellion was a bigger factor, which led later on, uh, as you see with punk and heavy metal, uh, which were all kind of descendants from the 60s. And so all those changes were on display with the Beatles, Pink Floyd, The Doors, Jefferson Airplane. You get Led Zeppelin starting out, Grateful Dead starting out, and they're all coming into the spotlight. And so counterculture is starting to become the norm. And alternative is starting to become a thing
2: yeah and th- this is the period that when most people think of the 60s this is the specific time period they're list they're thinking of summer of love like 1965
0: on right and it all leads up into the end which is 1969's Woodstock in August which was a largely positive event that was part of the peace love of the 60s which was kind of the general vibe so that's kind of what my thoughts on the 60s were did you guys have yeah thoughts? I mean You bring up a good
1: point, which is that pre-60s music was still very conservative, you know, and uh, philosophical or controversial topics weren't really discussed. And it's really the 60s where musicians start to explore those topics. And uh, not just the subject matter changes, but also the experimentation with, uh, you know, instrumentation That all changes. You know, I was listening to Dazed and Confused uh, last night, and I was like, I cannot believe this was happening in 1968. Whereas uh, just a few years before this, it was, uh, you know, the heaviest thing around was like Hound Dog by Elvis, (laughs) you know. Uh, (laughs) Right. The amount of change that occurred in just a a few short years is... uh, mind-boggling it it was the single largest leap in music and pop culture
0: right yeah like an example that like paul simon was like shocked when they started putting like drums and stuff behind scarsbury fair they recorded just playing acoustic and like just adding the drums and bass acoustic like accompaniment was like unheard of because it was edgy and it was oh, you want us to be more like the Beatles? And then after he heard it, he was like, "Oh, that's really good."
2: He's like, "Oh, I get it."
1: Yeah, and even things like distortion were becoming mainstream. I, I think I remember hearing some story about uh, I think it was the Rolling Stones. They or no, I think it was the Beatles. Actually, it was a Revolution, and people were bringing in their records of that single, and they were like, "It's broken." And the, the shop owners had to be like, no, that's just what it sounds like. Yeah. You know, people hadn't heard that stuff before. Right. You know, the Beatles were in a position where they were po- so popular and they had, they were a big enough musical act that they were getting this new technology. Right. And they were, they used it,
0: you know? Right. Abbey Road had uh, one of the first synthesizers and, I mean, the commercially made. Um so but they were trailblazers and all kinds of gear, whether it's mixing boards and stuff. Right. And not just gear but production techniques, you know. Right. And uh, that's really part of what made the sixties sound the sixties was because once the Beatles started doing their thing uh, pe- everybody else, you know, that they were the biggest thing. They were like the Backstreet Boys of their time. <laughs> that, they're the biggest band right now, right? They uh, were the uh, Justin Bieber of their right. time. Right. So they, everybody wanted to sound just like the Beebs, just like the Beatles. They uh <laughs> wanted that that production quality, which uh when you had the old style tape machines with only like four tracks or eight tracks, you were really limited to the amount of instrumentation and vocals and stuff you could put on there. You could overdub and stuff, but with the invention of uh, the larger 32 track, and now you can do unlimited tracks on however many tracks your computer can
2: uh, deal with. Right. And and that was all pushed forward because the ideas now that were flowing from, right. from, from the bands Beatles. like The Beatles, from bands like uh, Pink Floyd, and, and from... Um, the Beach Boys over over on the other the side of the pond, right? Uh, you know, after Pet Sounds, like they had to keep up with these amazing ideas that these pop musicians yeah, were coming up with.
1: You bring up Pet Sounds, I, another th- quality of the '60s is that musicians were creating entire albums as like a cohesive piece of work, right? Where, whereas you know, in the Elvis days. He it just would took be, all the
0: songs from the black people.
1: <laughs> well, there's that, but it was more, I was going to say it was more about like, let's get our one or two singles. Yeah. And, it was you a single, we'll, singles driven market. Yeah. It was a very singles driven
0: market. Oh, and, and you have that slow song. Maybe we can put it
2: as a B side. Right. Yeah.
1: A- and, uh, it wasn't until the sixties that the entire album is our piece of art, you know? Right.
2: Yeah. This was like helped along with, the, there was a few things that were invented, um, the push in vinyl technology that happened in the '60s, uh, which allowed for a bigger vinyl, mm-hmm. uh, so you could get a full, you know, album onto it. One of the things that helped with that was the direct drive turntable uh, was, you know, invented in the late '60s, and that piece of equipment has had absolutely staggering well uh, a- longevity. A- and
1: arguably, even more important thing is like the invention of stereo. Oh, stereo! Or the adaptation yeah. of stereo. Yeah you know sound in like a commercial product which we take so much for granted <laughs> you know it's like right uh, now we have course, 3d spatial audio of course yeah. it's gonna be in stereo it, right if it's now people are like if it's not seven to one dolby audio i don't want to listen to it you know? right
0: you have redos of uh, pink floyd and it's like full surround sounds and it's just you know when you're tripping you don't want that but anyway
2: <laughs> yes you do <laughs> yes.
0: we're not here to tell you how to trip
1: yeah. <laughs> but Whatever, Pink
2: Floyd but should be involved. We, but we <laughs> yes. are telling you to do it. Uh, wait, no, and we're not for legal reasons, I'm not telling you to do that. I am.
0: <laughs> but yeah. So all these things kind of came together to give us the sounds of the sixties. Smoked cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> Bob Dylan smoked pot with the Beatles.
2: Uh, uh he did he did smoke pot with you the know, Beatles. You know, that's one of
1: my favorite stories is that that Bob Dylan thing where he went up and he met the Beatles, and uh, he was like, I love that song that you guys have where it's like, and I get high. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> they were like, that's not, that's that's not, not, the, not lyrics. the lyrics. <laughs> it's uh, What it, what are the lyrics? Uh, I can uh, get by.
2: No, no. it's uh, I'm with high. We're talking about I Want to Hold Your Hand. Yeah, I don't remember the exact uh, lyrics. Well,
1: anyway, uh, the the Beatles then were given marijuana by... Uh, Mr. Dylan, and after that, the Beatles' music was never the same. It was like uh, Help era, where they started smoking pot.
2: Yeah, and they become uh, well, John specifically becomes much more uh, introspective, um, and you can tell that they were, yeah.
1: especially in the Help era, yeah. they were trying to copy what Bob Dylan was doing. I mean, and they just, were really good at. They it. They were really. I yeah, mean, right?
2: they they John wrote one of the the best in my opinion best beatles song um, uh, oh yeah i want
1: i'm gonna disagree with whatever you're what but what, what, what were you gonna say
2: norwegian wood
1: i, w- I knew you were gonna say norwegian yeah. wood but uh, i think songs like no more nowhere man were much oh well uh, that's we're much better i mean yeah obviously and uh, uh hide your love away like all those were just him trying to be bob dylan and uh he was pretty good at it yeah
0: Right. That also reminds me of, like, one of the transformations was the Beatles stopped touring, and so they became just a studio band, which meant they could spend a lot more time in the studio and not have to worry about playing their songs live in front of an audience. So that helps push along the more, uh, what we think of, like, cinematic, like, parts of their albums. So you couldn't have, you have a full orchestra, and nowadays that's common. You have a full orchestra on an album, but back in that day it was less heard of for a pop or rock band to go full studio and just be like a studio yeah. band. Yeah. I mean you couldn't play a mellotron on
1: stage in non- right. in 1966. Yeah. Like it just wasn't going to happen. Uh and they just decided that they don't care. You know, they're already the biggest band in the world. Their shows are a varying quality because they can't hear themselves and they're like screw it.
0: And their personal safety was definitely called into question. They were being, like, stalked hardcore. Right. And and eventually, you know, I mean, George Harrison was stalked. I don't know.
2: Yeah. Yeah, George Harrison was definitely stalked and stabbed.
0: Right. uh, 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 For those reasons. But that pushed, like, um, bands like The Doors to do more thematic work, such as, like, Riders of the Storm, which was, like, 16 minutes long. Uh, And so it it allowed you to do stuff push the limits that you wouldn't really do on a three minute pop song with you know six choruses and two verses. <laughs> uh which was, you know, more standard six back in choruses. the day. Yeah, six yeah. choruses. All <laughs> six <laughs> yeah, you gotta repeat all six at the end. It's, right. Yeah. Verse, verse, chorus, 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 course, yeah, chorus, chorus, course, repeat course, stuff. Course. That's the that's the 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 lyric is I can't hide. I can't, I can't hide. hide. That's
2: what there I mean. we go. Okay.
0: So another part of the transformation of this era was uh starting of proto-punk with bands such as like the Velvet Undergrounds, Iggy Pop, the MC5. Um, so we had the start of that and as well with that, the doors, like I was just saying with his scream, you would basically, that was unheard of you. He got, you know, kicked out of clubs because of his screams and various other penis evolved things, <laughs> but he, you know, they just pushed the limits of, of everything. Um, and so did all the other bands. Yeah, I
1: mean, Jim Morrison was pretty punk rock. He, he, he was, was. He was a dickhead.
2: He was the right, Lizard King. He was just a dickhead, but
0: he was still the Lizard King.
2: Yeah, and and again, to you know that that was the American uh, development of the the punk side. But you also have like a little bit earlier with uh, the Kinks,
0: right, right, um, and the development the Kinks brought along with the Power Chord. Yeah, oh yeah, which you was really got huge. Me. Right, you really got me brought in the power chord, which if you don't play guitar, you don't know what a power chord is. So a general like major or minor chord is the first third and the fifth. And a power chord is just the first and the fifth. It makes it so that there's no major or minor. It's just a straight chord. And on guitar, straight rock and roll, straight rock and roll. That means you can play chords much faster because on guitar, the, the first and the fifth are just two frets apart. So you can just slide your hands up and down in the same formation and and you get any chord you want, really.
1: Well, and like that, you could say the same thing about uh, the pentatonic scales that were yeah. that you know, and the, a lot of '60s music was really blues influenced, yeah. particularly like the Rolling Stones, uh, yep. and you know, Eric uh, Clapton. All of the like guitar heroes uh, of that era were
0: definitely very influenced by the blues and the blue scale is the pentatonic with a couple changes yeah. so the minor pentatonic well
2: if you look at the blues which you know uh, the resurgence of uh the blues in the 60s that spawned the basically the entirety of the Rock and guitar roll. culture yeah yeah uh if you look it yeah, it's its roots are directly there.
1: Guitar culture as we know it. As yeah. We know like it, yeah. Uh, electric guitars, uh effects, you know, you have Jimi Hendrix coming in with his fuzz pedal, and you know, that was something completely new. And he was blowing people's minds, not even just because he was a, an amazing guitar player and an amazing uh songwriter, really. And, and showman and yeah, performer. Uh, yeah. You know, and but he was bringing like new sounds to the table. He was playing Marshall stacks in an era where, uh, the, you know, the AC thirty, the was AC King. thirty, which you know, you could say the AC thirty, which is you know the Beatles type, you know, twangy type of amp sound, uh, is more characteristic of the sixties. But that Jimi Hendrix Marshall stack sound. It defined this what the
2: seventies were gonna be. Yes, you know? absolutely. That it,
0: brought us like the Grateful Dead's wall of sound, like they yeah. I mean, they're huge wall of speakers, or the Beach Boys' wall of sound. But yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, and yeah, and from there you get Zeppelin directly from yeah, because that uh, Jimi Hendrix and Jimmy Page were contemporaries, right? And um, uh, Jim, yeah. Jimmy
1: Page and Jeff Beck and Eric Clapton were all in the same band. Yeah, Yardbirds. And, you know, that was all yeah. part of their. Like, that was part of the British inv- invasion type thing, you know? Was,
2: yeah. And it just, but yeah, it just spawns from there. And then from there, you go to into the heavy metal genre where you get Black Sabbath. When you Sabbath. have Black Sabbath, which yeah. they were around in the 60s. They were. You know? they, yep.
1: uh, deep,
0: purple.
2: Uh, deep Purple? Deep
1: Purple. Yeah. You know, like, you, there's a strong argument that he- heavy metal also started, you know, not just with those bands, but like, you know, the Beatles did stuff that was metal adjacent
0: right Helter-skelter. Helter-skelter. helter, helter. Yeah. Uh,
1: even uh yeah. revolution yeah uh you know like there, there's some dark stuff and sa- like really gritty sounds on the white album right white album's my favorite album yeah absolutely i love talking about it
0: yeah, yeah. But and then uh, with that whole British invasion, um, Scotland can be involved, too, with Donovan. And he had Jimmy Page and John Paul Jones as part of his session musicians. And with Season of a Witch, that really kind of pushed forward not only the rock sounds, but it also pushed poetry and songwriting in a different direction. It made it kind of look inward and bring more meditative, which kind of went out in a different way in the 70s it was kind of gone but it really inspired the beatles uh he went to india with them yeah. right? Right. that was a big part of you know their the, later the whole sounds, transcendental meditation uh, which he still uh, is really big in if you guys don't know donovan check out his most recent album it just came out last week it was called gaelic yeah and uh i think it was called gaelic yeah uh jeff he doesn't know <laughs> uh
2: but anyway check it out Sorry. I think you can you can draw a direct line from Donovan to bands of uh the early aughts. um indie folk. And in in yeah, indie folk and y- you can draw a direct line to like uh Sung Tong's right. by uh Animal Collective. Yeah, for sure. Um it's and happening. that's thing that was happening in Scotland in the 60s just Donovan being a
1: Well, and Donovan know, also, like Dylan, you know, a lot of these artists started as, like, kind of folk-type yep. right. artists, and I think that there it's important to remember there was a big folk movement in the early to mid-60s, and uh, it's funny to see that a lot of those artists went heavier, you know? Right. Whether the people listening liked it or not. Right. That's what they wanted to do. Yep.
0: And Neil Young is part of this whole thing, too, yeah. and- uh yeah, so, don't leave Canada out. And right. uh, Buffalo Springfield. Yeah, Buffalo, Buffalo Springfield, yeah, yeah. Janis Joplin, uh, Crosby Stills Nash n- Young, Nash. Now we're just yeah, naming. Now we're yeah, just naming okay, bands. I, 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 <laughs> but, but basically, but uh, they were all folk rock which uh, uh yeah. if like some of my favorite artists today are folk rock and they're ba- very very blatantly 60s, you know, based um connor oberst has a lot of those things are based off of (laughs) neil young bob dylan uh and also the beatles uh just so all that kind of influenced what is kind of big nowadays which indie pop if you think about i mean indie rock indie folk rock uh the lumineers all those big bands of the last decade um that really kind of went pop like popular they're all 60s like
2: you those songs they are all 60s adjacent yeah right yeah. 60s I adjacent think
0: it what's
1: interesting about the 60s is that there it's probably the decade with the most like s tier rock bands that came out of it like you yeah know, you have the beatles you have the rolling stones you have the beach boys you have the beach boys you have bob dylan grateful the, dead uh you have yeah you the grateful dead you have the doors you know it's Pink floyd and uh, not yeah. just not that these bands are just amazing which they are it's they're incredibly influential
0: right and people you still see kids today wearing shirts you know for these bands and, right you know name three songs but i
1: mean uh <laughs> Maybe, you know, you could say the 70s was more influential or, or had more influential rock bands, but I think it would be very close.
0: I would know? I would say that the 60s were more influential, but the 70s might have more of like more heavy hitters, but the 60s were stacked. Yeah. And they the, the same bands in the later 60s went on to, you know, be even bigger in the 70s, which we might right. have a different podcast about. Yeah. But.
2: That's where we'll get to talk more about, because uh, while bands like. Pink Floyd and Zeppelin, Zeppelin like started they in were, the 60s. They were definitely yeah. bigger in the 70s. Their heyday was definitely the 70s. Because what, Zeppelin two came out in, in 70? 1970.
0: So, well, no, no, no the, 69, I think.
2: Zeppelin two. It's either 69 I or 70. I looked it up last it time, the first two
0: Zeppelin albums. Uh, I looked it up before. The first two Zeppelin albums are I know uh, that, 68, 69, I think. Okay. I know yeah. that
1: one is 68. Yeah, that, um, yeah so. But, uh, you know...
0: Tell us in the comments.
1: Yeah, uh, tell tell us what your favorite '60s album is in in the oh, comments. Okay. Write it.
0: Are we write it, it down on the hundred dollar oh, bill? Do yeah, Are we doing send favorite to, '60s albums? Well, send it. Send a hundred dollar bill with your answer to BraveBadger <laughs> at at Trenton.com.
1: <laughs> so the 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 Beatles nicely bookend in the 60s for the when i say nicely i mean in terms of this conversation yes uh but my favorite 60s beatles album is the white album that album is just so uniquely weird and you know i feel like all three of this the the songwriters in the beatles were just in the peak of their creative abilities and just like they were showing it, you know. Uh, they weren't. Maybe they weren't working together. And yeah, that's sad. But like, I don't know. I feel like part of that friction and part of like how some, you know, maybe some not as amazing songs made it onto that album is what makes it so good. And like, it what it's what makes it so interesting. Yeah. You know, and uh, you really you get a you get to peer into like their songwriting process. More so on any other album. Yeah. It, it's pure songwriting and yeah. I,
2: I love it. Um, we could do an entire episode on the White Album if right. we wanted to. W- uh, w-
1: let us know if you want us to do that. Yeah. Or just a Beatles uh you know episode we'll, we'll probably do
2: that uh we know a an epic fuck ton about the beatles right um who are they yeah badger uh, if you had to pick your favorite album from the 60s from the 60s
0: i probably would go with uh blondes on blondes i knew it i fucking um, knew it either,
1: that's my favorite Bob Dude, dylan album.
0: That, Yeah, yeah it's Bob but there were so best. many good dylan albums from there but you know the beatles all their albums basically came out in the 60s and they were like amazing um, I mean, I don't know. I couldn't choose one other than Blondes on Blondes. It makes sense. I don't yeah. know.
1: If you had to, it's hard to pick just one. You yeah, know, cause, exactly. Because you know, in my head, I'm like, oh, what about you know, you are experienced, or uh, right? You know, what about uh, pet sounds, or you know? But if I had to pick just one, it had to be the White Album.
2: What about you, Fox? So mine would probably have to be Sgt. Pepper's it's just it's a such a a moment in time for that was right as the beatles stopped touring there's a lot more friction is is coming to the surface and the you know beatles hear this album pet sounds and they're like oh shit we have to like compete with that there's stories out there about you know the exchanging of messages between Brian Wilson and and John and and Paul, uh, Paul. right and um, I just think it's a beautiful album. It's got it's got some amazing fucking interesting music on it.
1: From a production perspective, I don't think there's an, a better album Mm-mm. in the sixties. I yeah I think that's George from, George Martin from a production yeah. perspective that album is a masterpiece yeah jo- and uh
2: the mixture of george martin and jeff emmerich and then paul and john and george like knowing more about the studio well and, and ringo being, was there too right and, well but and <laughs> just
1: being like uh you know they were tweaking and like you know, staying up and they were like, on meth <laughs> <laughs> they were on um uppers yeah they were on uh, yeah uh, and I think Pre- they were preludin. I think they were on uppers during that time. Yeah, um, it was yeah. like
2: a a very cocaine and probably a lot of cocaine. Yeah, actually. there's a story
1: about John <laughs> Lennon during the making of that album where he thought he was taking like amphetamines, and, but he took acid instead. Oh and, yeah, uh, I hate it, when I mix that up. And He's... yo,
2: we're we're talking like CIA <laughs> MK Ultra level acid. This is some <laughs> pure stuff.
1: Uh, but yeah, I I think that the the Sgt. Pepper is interesting because it's also like the quintessential sixties album. Uh,
2: it is the quintessential like that's the turning point, right? For when the and summer it, of love and, yeah, and it all came that out in sixty seven.
1: I think June of sixty seven, maybe yeah. May. But uh, you know, and it was like uh,
2: well, that was the swinging sixties, right? Exactly. Yeah. You know, so that would be my my number one album, and and but again, it's one of those ones where it's like, well. I know Dan's going to say the White Album. I know Jeff's going to say Blonde on Blonde because I had a feeling. Yeah. Because we've had this discussion before. I mean, How do you think uh, we I came think, up with the idea? I didn't say Blonde for... on Blonde. I said Surrealistic Pillow. See, he's... he's now he's, he's, he's changing his tra- flip flapping. Yeah. He is gaslighting me live on... Uh, <laughs> are, are we live in Boston We Stella? are live. Badger. Yes. <laughs> I mean,
0: Jeff, are we
1: live?
2: <laughs>
1: uh, Strange Days by the Doors oh, also... Yeah. Like, Amazing. Amazing. Uh, yeah, one of the best uh, albums in the 60s. Ray
2: Manzarek is a f- fucking freak. Yep, that dude is amazing. But anyways,
0: yeah, he's the only one that's almost as good as, as me on the organ. Yes, almost. It's, it's a tight. He's thing. talking you about He's Badger talking
2: about the, the the trouser organ, not yeah.
1: <laughs> the, the skin flute. <laughs> Can we say that can we say
0: skin (laughs) we'll have to bleep that okay
2: so anyway
1: guys that was our take on the 60s oh that's right we were talking about the 60s right wait
2: my notes were for the 80s oh Oh.
1: no well if you want to hear about the 80s let us know yeah we're we're probably gonna do that episode uh that that's one of my favorite dude when we
2: get to start talking about gated drums and really start talking about the synthesizer i was gonna say boy
1: the you know kind of electronic music in was really the 80s when it really started to yeah it uh, it has become mainstream it
2: has its roots in the 70s but yeah once it becomes mainstream in the 80s
1: well if you want to hear more about this uh you know tune in for that episode
2: sorry we get a little divergent we get excited a little spacey if you will anyway badger
0: jeff roll the fucking credits Well, that's all for now, folks. Thank you for listening to 12 Bar News. This show was brought to you by Ordeal Studios in Trenton, New Jersey. Audio engineering and sound design by Jeffrey Damon. Our music was created by From Space. And Michael Stanley is our resident Iowan. Please make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your audio so that you get a new episode each time we release it. More information can be found at 12barnews.com. Thank you. Bye.